The sky this evening was a beautiful tapestry of mottled lilac, violet, and ivory highlights against a darkening cerulean base, complemented by the ever-present orange burning in the distance. I hope you didn't miss it. However, it's now 8pm, November time. The sun has long since set and night has blanketed gently over our little town. We're live, here in the station, crackling through your radio speakers to bring you the what, the when, and the how, but unfortunately the who and the why are usually elusive, buried under a mountain of bureaucratic nonsense, or classified. We would like to take a quick moment to thank everyone for the influx of red string that was kindly gifted to the studio recently. We assume there are multiple donors as the string comes in many widths, lengths, and shades, but red string is red string and our purpose does not demand anything specific. You see, listeners, Martha and I have been... crafting. Collecting newspaper clippings and possibly suspicious photos of specific people you might recognize and some blurry photos of people you may not recognize and compiling lists and the such. You know, craft stuff. If you have anything you think might be useful for our crafts, please don't hesitate to reach out to the station. We are big fans of the arts. What we reported as being the Aurora Borealis, visible overhead for the past two nights, was actually something else, Weatherman Todd told me over lunch at Mountain View Diner earlier today. However, that's more or less all the detail he claimed he could give me. We would like to apologize for the accidental deception, and as more information comes to us about the nature of these lights and colors, we'll pass it on to you. Town Council would like to emphatically insist these lights have nothing to do with the strange, low, mechanical noises coming from the building on the other side of the river. It is a complete coincidence that reports of these sounds and lights, separate occurrences, happen at almost the exact same time. In fact, Town Council's message tied to a rock that was thrown through our window states there are no sounds coming from the strange industrial building on the other side of the river at all. Thank you, Town Council, for the clarification. Listeners, last night Martha and I were chatting over our after-show tradition of double-doubles and maple dips, and we realized it was actually my two-year anniversary of being the voice of Brayden's mid-evening, early-dusk airtime. So, we ordered a ten-pack of Timbits to celebrate, and while Martha was driving me home, we were reminiscing over memorable times, favorite stories, and shared near-death experiences. 
I took the opportunity to ask Martha something I had been curious about for a while. Why she had so much trouble in the past finding a radio host. I mean, I was hardly qualified for the job when I got hired, and I didn't really want the job, not to mention I wasn't even from Brayden. She reminded me that I was the only candidate who actually came in for an interview, which I always find surprising to remember because it really is a great job. She continued saying, without changing her expression, that the last three hosts who came before me all died slow, horrible, gut-wrenching deaths. I was like, Martha, your sense of humor is just amazing. You're so funny. And she was like, I'm dead serious. And I gotta hand it to her for that pun, even if she didn't mean to make it. She went on to say that the radio hosts don't usually last long before perishing in blood-curdling agony. I'm not sure why. But, she added, they don't usually last this long. If it hasn't happened to you yet, it probably won't happen. I'm sure you've got nothing to worry about. And behind her usual composure, there was a hint of loss that made me realize all at once that she was completely serious. I am learning every day about all the little cobwebbed, quiet corners of this town. I apologized for not taking her seriously and thanked her for a great year of friendship and camaraderie and for me not dying a gruesome death even though I'm 98% sure she has nothing to do with that aspect of the job. I'd also like to extend my thanks to the family of the previous radio hosts. Your loved ones serve this community well. I am honored to sit where they sat and will do my best to remember them and do them proud. And thank you, all of you on the other side of this broadcast. This program wouldn't be possible without your attention. And lastly, I'd like to thank whatever was responsible for the other host's deaths for sparing me. I won't acknowledge you too much because... I don't know, it just feels wrong, but my mother taught me the importance of gratitude so thank you. Credit is also due, I suppose, to Town Council for the extremely helpful, recently mandated coaching sessions on how to be a good, reliable, and stable community voice. Here's to two strangely fast years of airwaves. Let's hope for some more. And now, traffic. There is a train, trumpeting its horn in the distance, a blaring warning through the night. It's a wordless cry that says, I am thousands of tons of screeching steel and coal, barreling across the prairie at 80 kilometers an hour. I could be a very sudden end for the unaware and unwary. Can you hear it? The rattling tracks, the thundering pulsing of the wheels as they spark, metal against rushing metal. 
There is a train. Tonight, the town gathers to light a candle for Elliot Housley and ten-year-old Tanner Walling, who was officially declared a missing person last night by authorities after his family reported he had failed to come home from school. In the official announcement posted to the bulletin board in the foyer of the Anglican Church, the location of the vigil is described as the tree. You know that one tree near the east edge of town that makes us all feel watched. That one. Tanner's mother Eileen and Elliot's mother Shauna hope the warm, loving glow from the candles will show their children which way home is, because out there, wandering the rolling hills of nothingness, it sure is hard to tell which lights lead to safety. And which lights are bait? Please think safe thoughts as you hold your candle in the vigil, such as favorite songs, meals, memories, and special quilts made by grandmothers to keep you invisible to the eyes that may be watching in the distance. We'll keep you updated as more and more information comes to light, but for now, keep those candles burning. And boys, if you're telepathically listening or have managed to find a radio, your family and friends miss you and love you. Brayden eagerly awaits your homecoming. The balance is off without you. Nothing feels whole. Our hearts and prayers are with the families of both boys. Now, a quick word from our sponsor. When most people tell you to reach for the stars, they don't mean you should go outside and stand beneath the night sky with your arms extended, outstretched over your head, and hands open and grasping. However, we're not most people. We know what's really out there. We who can see beyond the clouds when they veil the twilight depths. We who stared into the depths of the cosmos, only to have infinite depths stare back. We know. So go on, reach for the stars, countless and untethered against the vastness of space. See what happens. It could be interesting. Who knows what you could become, or what could become of you? Shooting stars, youth sporting goods and equipment, located on the corner of Third. And third, it's been asked a few times, apparently, and so I've been asked to confirm it for everyone. No, despite current rumors that have been circulating throughout the community, we do not have a public swimming pool in town. We are not building a public swimming pool. We have never had a public swimming pool in Braden, and we likely never will. We do not have the finances or municipal resources to maintain a public swimming pool. 
To quote the town council representative I spoke with on the matter some time ago, Something about the grids of physical, spine-given knowledge and enforced silence in such a community facility seems to attract the dangerous and uncanny. We have enough of that in this town without subjecting its people to all that comes with a library. One can only assume he either thought I had asked him about a library, in which case his response is strange as we do have one, a very nice one that serves free muffins on Thursdays. Or perhaps he was speaking in code and there is more to the absence of the public swimming pool than one initially thought. After his statement, however, the representative promptly ended the discussion by turning into a tumbleweed and blowing away in the wind. To this day, I am still not sure if this was a personal choice or a punishment for something he said. I don't think I'll ever know the answer. I think of him every time I see a tumbleweed. Regarding the lights in the sky we reported earlier, Readings on Weatherman Todd's radar indicated they'll be around again tonight, so please, in light of this new information, <laughs> excuse the pun, please view this phenomena at your own risk, and no, not we, nor any authority in town are liable for any repercussions or damages viewing the lights may cause, medical, cosmic, or otherwise. However, if you are curious but aren't sure about viewing, don't fret. I will be stepping outside periodically during breaks to check on the lights so you don't have to. Again, I cannot recommend you try this at home, but as your eyes and ears on the goings-on here in town, I wouldn't be doing my job if I wasn't reporting everything I could on these strange lights. Charlotte Mulroy reported that she has been keeping her children's Halloween candy on the counter in a bowl, but that when she checked on it this morning, it had turned to old arrowheads, locusts, and dried yarrow blossoms. Both she and her children were quite excited about this development. If you've had a similar experience with your Halloween spoils, please tag us in your pictures on Twitter. We're very interested in what this could mean. We've been informed that town council donated a very special type of candle to the candlelit vigil for the missing boys. A candle that doesn't burn out. Finding things immune to the wind out here, well, it's almost a miracle. What a kind and unexpected gesture. One, I hope, has no strings attached. In similar news, we have just been informed that the RCMP, in conjunction with the Housley and Walling families, as well as the Faceless, is offering a $1,000 reward for either of the missing boys' safe return or any information leading to. No questions asked. Our hearts are with the families of the missing boys. Raiden's a small community.
we feel the loss of their presences deeply, profoundly, like a piece of us is missing with them. Again, to the Housleys and the Wallings, you are not alone in your grief. Listeners, I've just been outside to see what are not the northern lights. I can confirm that those sounds that definitely aren't there sound very strange and mechanical. Deep and jarring, they seem to reverberate in my ribcage, echoing against the hollows of one's chest. And the lights... They are undoubtedly coming from the building across the river. Boxy and industrial, and purchased what feels like a lifetime ago by some mysterious, unnamed corporation. Surrounded by ten-foot chain-link fences and colorful warning signs. That building. The lights are now blinking steadily. They blink purple, blue, and orange in varying succession. I do not know what this means. I am not a meteorologist, an astronomer, or a light scientist. I do not know what it is they do at the building. But my heart tells me it means something. It's that wordless understanding of something beyond my limited human comprehension. The implicit understanding of something I do not explicitly understand. They are quite beautiful, though. Maybe that's the point. Maybe these lights... These gently strobing displays of glowing color are not meant to be intellectually recognized. Maybe they're one of those things we aren't meant to understand, but simply enjoy. Maybe they aren't coming from the building, and the coincidences are just that. Maybe Mother Nature is offering us some comfort some beauty in this time of coldness and loss. Maybe she is trying to communicate to us the okayness of things. <laughs> Maybe I'm overthinking it. I wonder if Tanner and Elliot can see them too. Hear the sounds. Maybe we're connected by these strange happenings in some strange little way. Across distance? I hope so. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs>